Welcome to Second Opinion on ReachMD XM157, the show where listeners get to share their opinions and insights and become on-air guests. This is Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and today we're talking about non-traditional or alternative medicine, whether you use it, whether you refer to it, whether you've done it yourself. Okay, we're talking to Dr. Mark Noodleman, who's a pediatrician. Hi, Mark. Hello. Today, our subject, our question is about alternative medical treatment. What's your opinion of it, first of all? A subject near and dear to my heart. To me, I think it really just represents the dumbing down of America, but the profit-taking off of people's ignorance, in a sense, or lack of education when it comes to medicine. If it wasn't something lucrative, it wouldn't be around. And you know, these are things that have been around for hundreds of years and haven't cured anything yet, but you know, they're still for sale. It's gotten in the way, I think, of treatment. It delays treatment. Some of it's magical thinking, like homeopathy. One part per million of some substance is going to somehow magically help you when you look at these preparations. And, and if you just think of it logically, one part per million evaporates the minute you open the container. So the thinking in terms of stuff like those uh, homeopathic preparations is much like the jury that let O.J. Simpson off when they said there's a one in four billion chance these aren't his, his hands, his prints. The jury thought, well, then there's a chance it's not him, but they didn't understand that there's not that many people in the world, so that it was a meaningless chance of it not being him. And it's very similar, you know, it's wishful thinking and delays people getting, you know, meaningful medical care. And it's only there because it makes people money. The big corporations have bought into it. There's every Walgreens has a giant aisle of this stuff now, only because they can make money off of it, just like they're willing to sell you cigarettes while they supposedly are your source for your health care. Mark, let me ask you a question. Have your patients ever come to you and asked you about it, asked you for referrals or anything? Not for referrals, but, you know, they'll say, oh, by the way, we've been giving them this too and tell me it's okay, which I can't because these are uncontrolled products. There's been no studies as far as safety and efficacy, especially in children. And there's no safety studies on combining it with prescription meds, which have been studied. We saw that a couple of years ago with some blood pressure medications and that were you know, given to people who were taking ginkgo on the side, and it caused some fatalities. So we tell our patients, you know, if you're going to come to us and trust us to write prescriptions and take care of you, then you, know, you have to not use any of these things unless you first check with us. And it's going to be difficult for us to say it's okay because, for the large part, they're not studied like regular medications, so the risks are unknown. Well, thank you for your opinion. I appreciate it. We are now speaking with Dr. David Hale, who's a cardiologist. Hi, David. Hello. David, we're talking today about alternative health care, alternative treatments. So the first question is, what's your opinion about them? I think you're referring to nutraceuticals primarily, products found in nature or herbs. Or acupuncture or anything like that that's considered to be non-traditional these days. I know a lot of patients who get a lot of relief from acupuncture, so I can't speak to that very much except to say I'm open to information that when patients say they feel better after a treatment, I'm, I'm interested in that. The nutraceuticals are another story, though, because there's a lot of danger there. Most of the time, we don't know if the drugs work. They haven't been submitted to scientific control trials. When most of them are, they fail, Laetrile being a major example, but many more examples since then in the cardiology world. Give us an example in the cardiology world of a nutraceutical. St. John's wort was tried for something, an investigator who was done a lot of excellent work in this is a Brian Olshansky, and I followed his work a little bit, so I can't, I can't think of any offhand, except that he's been disappointed. You know, he'd like to find things that work, and he just can't. But there's a problem in, in the world of drugs now with counterfeiting drugs, and you hear of people who take things like ginseng root in Boston who end up with wrist drop palsy from lead poisoning because of drugs from China. 
So these are drugs where there's no oversight. The manufacturing is not well regulated, and the claims are whatever you want them to be. They're Wild West people selling snake oil from the back of a wagon. Would you warn your patients off of those things? I do. I tell them, at first sight, you think that they're pretty innocuous. They say, well, take it if you want, and maybe you heard something, and good luck to you, and I don't really endorse it. But now I'm getting a little more negative and telling them, you know, you don't really know what's in those things. There is some opportunity here for picking up some stuff that your body doesn't need. And there's very little opportunity for picking up things that will be a benefit to you. You know, the the odds aren't with you, and I wouldn't do it. And that's my, my current advice on the most nutraceuticals. Well, you talked about acupuncture, and you said that you have patients that had some benefit. Let me ask you a leading question. If you were in a situation where acupuncture was suggested, would you do it? Am I, depending, on who, depending on what my problem was and who was suggesting it to me, I can see myself accepting an acupuncture treatment. I mean, after all, we do have a major culture where most of the people live that has a long history of success and, and values these, these techniques. It's pretty presumptuous of me to think I know better. So that's the one side of it. And the other side of it is you do get lots of reports of benefit, and then you get lots of reports of traditional physicians uh, trying to pick up and master uh, acupuncture technology to add that to their traditional armamentaria. Thanks, David. You're welcome. If you just joined us, you're listening to Second Opinion on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. Second Opinion is the show where our listeners become guests and share their views and opinions as they respond to a pre-selected topic. We're talking with Dr. David Sales now, who's a gastroenterologist. David, hi. Welcome. Hi. David, what do you tell your patients who come to you and ask you about alternative medical treatments? I tell my patients that the most important thing is that they get better and that conventional medicine isn't a religion that we believe in or not, but that any method that we have to make them better is all right with me. I listen to what they're asking about, tell them whether something is helpful or doubtful or harmful, but I'm certainly open to their questions. What do they ask about? Oh, they often ask about various herbal remedies. In my particular field, they ask me about bacterial products such as probiotics, and they often ask me about special diets. Do you ever recommend patients to alternative therapists? Sometimes I do. The main reason I would do that is if they're really persistent in rejecting conventional medical therapy and want to pursue a different line of treatment. For people who are looking for various things, including conventional treatment and alternative therapies, I'm happy to have them stay along. But if they're determined to treat alternative therapy as a religion, then I respectfully suggest that they see somebody else. And I have some alternative therapists that I'm friendly with that I'm happy to refer them to. Have you ever had any type of alternative treatment yourself? I haven't really, although there are some things that are not conventional pharmacologic treatments that I use for myself. So what's your, what's your general take on alternative medicine? We've had a lot of opinions here, up and down. Do you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I don't think you can do that at all, Michael. Sometimes certain things are helpful. I give a lot of patients probiotics, for example, and I don't know if you call those alternative or not. There's some evidence that they're helpful, and I've certainly had a lot of success with that. We all know that stress is very important in people's response to disease, and stress reduction is helpful. And I don't know if you call that alternative therapy or not. On the other hand, there are a lot of unproven things and certainly harmful things uh, that don't help at all. Thank you, David, for your answer. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. And we're speaking now with Dr. Renee Yaki, who's an ob Hi, Renee. Hi. What do you tell your patients who come to you and ask you about alternative care? 
non-traditional health care that they want it, what do you tell them? Well, I really want to mutually help a patient with alternative as well as traditional medicine. So I believe in combining the two of alternative acupuncture, chiropractic medicine, complementary medicine with herbs and other traditional medicine. Do you have a practitioner in your office or do you refer people out? I do it as well as the rest of my staff does it. Oh, wow. That's interesting. When did you first get involved in this? I am originally an osteopath, and so that's why I went into osteopathic medicine and believed in more of the alternative and more preventative care and learned about this when I was in medical school. Do other doctors in the hospital know that you do this? I believe they do. I try to advertise and tell my patients and word of mouth. And do they respect this or do you you ever get any negative comments? Sometimes I, I get some negative comments regarding, oh, Yaki does all that stuff, you know, with manipulation and the herbs and the spices. So they kind of make a joke, but I tell them, you know what, I believe in it, and I offer it to my patients. So if they want to try it, they can try something other than medicine or surgery. Outstanding. Do any outside practitioners refer to you because of this? Yes, they do. I have some naturopaths that, and other chiropractors as well as internal medicine doctors that work with me because they have mutual patients that want more complementary medicine with special issues regarding the female patient. We've had some opinions that doctors have given us on this segment that alternative care is not proven and it's really just a way of making more money. What do you respond to those people? Well, if you look in the right places, there are have been many studies regarding the complementary or alternative medical therapy regarding acupuncture and different herbal supplements to help with hot flashes, decreased libido, menopausal symptoms, pelvic pain, helping with pain with their periods. And I just firmly believe that, you know, if you're looking in the right area, you can find these studies that show that there has been a benefit. Thank you, Renee. Now we're speaking with Dr. Flora Katz-Nelson, who is an internist, board-certified in internal medicine. Hi, Flora. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Can you tell us your opinion about non-traditional medicine, non-Western, non-traditional medicine? Well, I certainly believe that if it works for my patients and if they get better because of the non-traditional medicine, I am ready and willing to accept it. I personally am not a practitioner of a non-traditional medicine, but I have had a patient who unfortunately is no longer with us who was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and presented to me in stage four of pancreatic cancer. And I looked at his CAT scan and I said, well, you know, if I were you, I'd buy myself a ticket to around the world and that's what I would do. But he wanted to be treated and we actually went all over the world to get an opinion on whether anybody would do anything about it. I have contacted all the surgical oncologists that I knew, including Dana Farber in Harvard, including Sloan Catering, even Israel. Unfortunately, nobody would touch him with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Now, there was an alternative medicine doctor who was willing to look at him. He was from Thailand, and he was in New York. When the patient presented, he had pleural effusion, which made it difficult to breathe for him. Now, after he went to this alternative medicine doctor, he came back to me, and I listened to his lungs. The pleural effusion was gone. So whether to 
just to say that not to believe in this is, is probably going to be wrong. So this is my opinion. If something helps, I would certainly believe it. But personally, I don't practice it. Do you have other patients who ask you about it or ask you for it? Absolutely. Patients ask all the time. And do you send them places or do you just say that you don't know where to send them? What, what do you do? Most of the time, I don't know where to send them. You're right. Unless there were other patients who actually bring me the cards of the doctors who they went to and I remember that in the chart of that particular patient, I have a card of another physician who, who I could, could use. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate your answer. Not a problem. Thanks to today's listeners for being our guests on Second Opinion. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and you've been listening to Second Opinion on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD is here for you, the health professionals who care for your patients. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. And if you'd like to be part of our panel of guests, write to us at secondopinion at ReachMD.com because it's time to hear what you have to say. And we truly thank you for listening.